Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 340. And I'm alongside my virtual awesome co-host, Kasim Awesome Aslam. How are you, buddy? I'm living the dream, Ralph. How are you? I am living the double dream. You know, I'm actually... I'm back to basics here. I'm at my cousin's house in San Francisco recording perpetual traffic in her garage, which I think is appropriate for being in San Francisco because I kind of feel like I'm David Hewlett and the other Packard guy. I forget his name. Maybe he was David too. Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, like they all started great things in a garage. And I sort of am feeling that vibe here in San Francisco as we record uh, perpetual traffic. I don't know what we're going to create here today, but hopefully some some technological wizardry with our ho- co-host, you, which you're kind of technical, which I'm kind of not. And then we've also got a guy on today's show who, well, he's also sort of the tech guy behind a lot of the cool stuff that we're doing over at Tier 11 right now. So we're pretty excited about this week's show, and there might actually be a cage match brawl at some point in time during today's show as well between Kasim and our awesome guest. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, I think a cage match on a podcast should be a prerequisite. I don't think you should have or listen to a podcast unless people are going to fight to the death. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if there's, you know, any implements of death that we'll use here. We'll probably just use lots of, you know, highbrow technological language. Yeah, just, that's right. The pen is mightier than the sword or the word is mightier than the sword. Kind of thing. Well, before we gnomes are deadly weapons. Absolutely. Well, before we get into this week's episode and introduce our guest, I did want to remind you that hey, if you've got a, if you feel like doing it, we would certainly appreciate it. That if you'd like to write us a positive review, or you know, we've read some negative reviews here in the past over on iTunes for this show, it really does help us reach a broader audience and gets more people to understand exactly what it is that we do here, but also ways in which to increase their traffic and conversion on their websites and good for digital marketers and online marketers and CMOs and agencies. If you could write us a positive review over at iTunes, we would be greatly appreciated. I don't even know if that's a word because I'm just going to make it up here, but we will read your positive review on air, which is pretty cool. So definitely do that. Wow. Well, you know, maybe as I ramble on in the intro here, you can actually pull that one up and we can pull that person's name out, which is great. Thank you for that. Uh, I also want to remind you that uh, as a part of this show, oftentimes over at tier 11 and solutions eight, we do mention things that are going on inside our businesses. And if you are a funnel specialist, if you are looking to get a job with a cool worldwide, I think 22 countries, six continents over at tier 11, 100% virtual. 
advertising and marketing agency. We are hiring a funnel specialist right now. We are looking for that. There's a huge area of growth for our company. If you are interested in that, head on over to tier11.com forward slash jobs. It's a bunch of different openings over there. Funnel specialist is one of the ones that we really are keen on hiring for through the end of the year. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to tier11.com forward slash jobs. So Kasim, any uh, anyone give us uh, positive reviews that we should do a shout out here and a little thank you for? Yeah. So big ups, shout out. Digital hug goes to be golden 126. Be golden 126. Stay gold, pony boy. Uh, <laughs> be golden says the source of truth for direct response advertising. That's a that's a hell of an intro. And then goes on to say. For almost three years now, Perpetual Traffic has been my go-to for the latest on what's working today in digital marketing. We rely heavily on paid social channels like Facebook, which are constantly changing. The extensive experience of Ralph, his co-hosts, and guests. I already don't like this. I, I, don't, I don't like it. it. It's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> Provides some of the best and most current insights from across the industry. And then goes on to compliment you further. Which, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, we don't want to makes, say that. Yeah. So great, great, great review. Appreciate but it. not enough about me. <laughs> Speaking of you, by the way, about Ralph. you know, uh, just to, to get the spotlight off, off, off myself, which it shouldn't be because it's a, it's a true partnership here. We actually got to see each other face to face last week at War Room, which is uh, digital marketers highest and mastermind and totally worth it. By the way, I thought it was a fabulous two days with Ryan and the boys. And we actually recorded a couple of shows there, which are going to be coming out in the next few weeks, which is always amazing. And anything additional that we maybe didn't even touch on, on those, those two shows that nuggets of wisdom that we saw maybe on the last half of the second day that we want to pass along to our, our viewers or our listeners rather, aside from the fact that you yet again, won wicked smart. I mean, Jesus, like you're, <laughs> You know, I don't know what's with you and like the big brain thing here, but that's like two in a row for you. That's th uh, three, three for three, Ralph. Three for three. Not, uh, not I that don't I'm even counting. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that you're counting. Any, any other like tidbits or snippets of of smarty goodness that we picked up over at War Room? You want to make mention of here? Yeah. So I'm trying to access the vault frantically as the one thing at a time structure, pretty sizable organization, you know, if, if not in, in number of, they, they spent about an hour talking about this whole new paradigm shift that they went through, which basically said, everybody gets to focus on one thing, which it reminds me, I don't know that they referenced this in the talk, but it re reminded me a lot of Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. And sometimes that's not possible. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to do a bunch of stuff and you have to multitask and it is what it is, what it is. But I, I have had experiences in life where either, you know, I, I happened upon that myself or was forced into a position where I had to focus. And there really is just a deep amount of wisdom in niching down, staying focused and just doing one thing. And it's it, to, to the detriment of all other things. That's the problem is it's a balance of risks where you have to decide, you have to say no to stuff that's like really cool, really important, really profitable and, uh, and really drill down. And, and they have found this to be so important that it's actually now company policy. And that, that for me was pretty profound. Yeah. I actually noticed myself doing that today, for example, from that individual talk that says nothing to do with traffic or conversion here. But the point was, is we were going through our sales and marketing call, which we do every Wednesday for about an hour. I think Ben is actually our 
our guest here uh, has actually been on those calls in the past. And I remember the one thing that we had, we had a really good brain sort of dump session about ways in which we can improve the sort of the combination of those two departments together working really um, seamlessly. And I said, if there's one thing we can implement from this meeting every single week and just gradually consistently improve on our process and incorporate new things into it that every single week we're going to start. I think there's a, there is a multiplying effect of effectiveness and it's just focusing on the one thing that week. Now you're talking about like the one thing is like a, maybe a 90 day or a rock or something like that, but just really focusing it down. Like if you do one thing really, really well, as opposed to, all right, here's three things we need to do between now and next Wednesday. Well, Chances are you're probably not going to do all of them, or maybe you won't do all of them well. But if you focus on one and you make do that consistently, it's amazing how that will accrue. And I know you're a mathematical guy here. Like I'm going to say it just layers. It's like compound interest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it will just compound upon itself to make you as an organization, you as a group, you as a business or your, your department, even that much more effective and efficient over time. So there's the one thing right there. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Well, let's get to the one thing today, which is our guest who's been patiently sitting in the green room here. We didn't have a green room. I guess it's sort of a white room. Looks like he's actually in his living room. Today's <laughs> guest, uh, we're going to be talking some tech stuff. We haven't talked about the iOS update. We haven't talked about, you know, conversions, API, server-side tagging, ATT prompts, all that good stuff. We haven't talked about that really in a technical way. And 
a few episodes here, but we've got Ben Pang, who is the software and attribution product manager for tier 11, who's working on this solution day and night. I see he's got like his test tubes out in the back and like stuff is like boiling and he's in his lab, you know, in his living room, trying to figure out all this, you know, cutting edge. And we're going to be talking what he's been doing and also sort of give us all an update on all this latest privacy challenge stuff and what we're doing inside tier 11, as well as, as you know, the cage match, the one thing at a time structure, the Cosm FB traffic hack and how Ben and our internal team actually thinks about it. So welcome to perpetual traffic, Ben Pang. Hey, Ralph, Kasim, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yes. And I have a lot of test tubes in my room. <laughs> And remember you calling me uh, Dr. Pang. That's right. Created this nickname for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we definitely, they're doing a lot of cool stuff in tier 11, like especially with uh, what we're working on in marketing attribution. And yeah, I guess today we're going to talk about even more on how we can leverage uh, conversion API to improve our app performance. Yeah, I mean, I think talking today specifically, not necessarily what we're doing, that's that's all well and good, but also just sort of giving us an update on what this whole thing is since the ATT prompt came out, sort of explaining it to people. This is your first episode listening to Perpetual Traffic. You know, welcome first off, but this is also something that's really changed a lot of marketers' views on how effective social advertising specifically facebook really is ben maybe you can just sort of explain to us in layman's terms what actually happened sort of the timeline of the rollout some of the things that that you know marketers have been doing what's been effective and then let's get into some potential solutions as to you know where we're at right now in digital marketing in 2021 with with all this privacy stuff going on yeah, so I guess I can start start with ATT, which stands for Tracking Transparency. So for those that are new to the game, it's a new feature that's rolled out in iOS 14.5. So that requires applications to ask permission before they can track visitors' activity outside of Facebook, so in other apps or websites. So that hugely impacts how we collect data and how actually Facebook collect data and optimize you know, what, we, what we're doing in T11 in other agencies as well, which is running ads. Then when that happened, of course, a lot of people don't opt in for being tracked, right? We are in a privacy first world. We don't want people or things to be tracked. Like we say something and then sometimes we see ads that we did not search for and then you know it's showing up in other platforms. So privacy first world is coming. The, it, the thing here is how can app platform proceed in this world, right? How do they position themselves to protect people's data while allowing advertisers to continue to drive traffic to their business? So a lot of advertisers have basically started leveraging first-party data solutions. So what that really means is that instead of letting or lying on Facebook or other app platforms to collect data, they are collecting the their customer data, their click data themselves. So there are tons of solutions out. But what that gives us is that because we are the first party. So let's say I'm the business and people come to my website. So I'm allowed to collect data from them and basically do analysis. So we can, I can actually see, you know, how many people coming from Facebook are purchasing uh, a certain product. So that's all part of first party data. Now, the next thing is like, okay, so people are trying first party data, which one, which tool or which uh, software should I use? 
right? So there are tons of software that's saying that they can they can do magic. So it goes into this frenzy of like people testing out different software and trying to figure out that magic magic bullet. But now it's really coming down to basics where first party data solution help is it's like a compensation tool in my point of view. So it it basically gives you a broader view on what's happening because of data loss in app platforms. But essentially, if the app platform is not getting data back for optimization, then it's going to impact the algorithm in the long run. So that's my point of view. First party data is great. We need it. But we just have to keep in mind that if it's not going back into app platforms, or if the app platform is not using it because people have opt out of tracking, then it's going to impact performance no matter what. And we have seen it, right? We have seen big drop in performance and we're still trying to figure out a, uh, a solution. And because this is ever changing, just changing every single month, Apple is rolling out something new to mask IP and email addresses. So it's just the privacy first world is just going to be more, it's coming, well, it's actually here. We just have to be prepared for it. We, we need to know what it means. And how do we continue in this privacy world while we run pay, pay advertisement? So explain for the audience just uh, the difference between first party and third party data in your explanation and where, why that is, uh, why first party data is such an important thing right now. Yeah. So when, I guess when people land on your website, of course you have terms and conditions on your website saying how you're going to handle the data. So. Basically, by collecting those data, which is permitted because you know people agree to what how you are treating their uh, their data. So by using those data, you can look at you can collect a lot of different things like IPs and what they what they did on the website. And then you can save. The most important thing is you can save it into your own data warehouse. That's how we call it internally, but it's just a database that store all these data. And later on, you can do a lot of analysis. And then the, it's not it's not owned by a, a different company. You are the first party, right? You own the data. Mm -hmm. So you take responsibility on, on how to handle the data. If you know customers don't want you to track it, then you don't track it. So versus third party is really like other platforms like Facebook, they install a script on your site and then they're collecting that data. And you know, you basically have no control of what they are doing essentially, and you cannot store it. You don't, basically it's anonymized and you cannot use it in a lot of ways because it's encapsulated into the third party system. It's not really for you, it's for them. It's for the app platform, for the algorithm. So that's the main difference. Like first party, you can store, you can you can have full control. Over. And the more important thing for advertisers is that you can analyze. Now it's in your database, you can actually do a lot of analysis to see if your ads are working. So you don't have to rely on looking at ads manager to, to tell you how many purchases or how many ads to cards. You can actually see it in your first party data solution. So explain like how we use that just from a selfish perspective, like how we do that through our data warehouse and how that has impacted some of the stuff that we've been doing inside you know, our, our campaign management and all that. So we're collecting the first party data through a data warehouse. And then, then mm -hmm. what? Yeah. So imagine we are running traffic from multiple platforms, which is a lot, you know, what a lot of advertisers are doing. They're running traffic from Facebook, Google. So the often people ask, what is driving the sales? Is it Facebook? Is it Google? How do we attribute the sales back to the two, to, you know, multiple platforms? 
So with first-party data, if you're collecting that, then you can actually analyze customer journey and to see you know, where they're coming from. So let's say they're using the same device, right? And then they click on a Facebook ad. They go to your site, they look at your sales page, but they did not buy. But but then they maybe a couple hours or tomorrow, they go to Google and search for your product for reviews and they click on an ad, click on your Google ad, they click on it and they buy. So, so which one will get the credit, right? So for both platforms, Facebook and Google, they're going to claim that purchase. But now with your first party data solution, you can actually create your own attribution model and say, hey, I only want to give 50% to Facebook, 50 to Google, because they, you know, if one is for uh, warming up the cold traffic and the other one is actually to collect, you know, really, really collecting the payment, right? So, so in that way, you have full control and that's how you use the data to, to actually do what you cannot do inside as manager, because what's inside an app platform is always going to claim credit. Right, because they want the platform to be the best. Right, they they want to show you that they're they're converting converge, uh, converting sales for you. But you need to have your own version of the data or your own view of the data so that you know it's true, and you know how to attribute credit to different sources of traffic. Hey, it's Kasim here, and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue, and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. And this is uh, mostly out of ignorance. I was asked party data, like what can make up first party data? And I could only come up with three categories. And it's funny because I, you know, it happened on the fly, but even post-mortem, I can still only come up with three categories. The first category is, is I guess what I'd call like profile information, 
right? So like information on that particular user, what browser they're using or their OS, which gets which gets dangerous because it gets close to thumbprinting, but you can capture that. The second category would be usage information. So like where they went, what they did. And then the third category would be network information. So like UTM parameters. And that's it, right? Like, is there any, what am I missing? Is there more to first party data? Essentially that you pretty much cover all the categories. There could be other stuff, but what you what you are covering is like on the technical side is the IP and like the email addresses. On the behavioral side, it will be what page they went to, what they did, right? How, how far they scroll and did they buy a certain product, right? And then on the sales side, it will be you know, what kind of products did they buy? So all these belongs to first party data that you, you're collecting. And I think that's, that pretty much sum it up. It, the most important thing here, how you treat, how you respect what people want you to do with their data. So if they opt out, you have, you, you cannot store data. You cannot trigger some of your, your tracking scripts. So it's just making sure that part is implement, implemented correctly on your website. So explain to us what conversions API, server-side tagging, all that is and how it relates back to everything that we're using here. What is it? Like, I think some people almost use those things interchangeably sometimes. So I think there is a bit of confusion around that, but just sort of explain from a high level how that's all used, how that works through, you know, data warehouse, like all the other first party, third party data, explain that whole sort of infrastructure. Yeah. So what happened is that when ATT Prom is rolled out, Facebook basically have allowed you to feed data um, back to Facebook through what we call conversion API. So this is an API. It's like a, it's like a place that you send information and most importantly, send first party data back to Facebook so that Facebook can use those data for, you know, at optimization and other stuff. Now, when people think about conversion API, they thought is a solution to ATT because it could, you can feed any data back to Facebook. So from, you know, our understanding or my understanding is that you can feed data to any data to conversion API, but it's up to Facebook to use it or not. So if someone, or if Facebook knows that a certain person has opted out of ATT, which is app tracking transparency, then it will not actually use those data. It will discard those data. So we're just keeping in mind, like it's not a way to circumvent ATT. It's just a way to, for you to feed more quality data back to Facebook, because we know that like cookies are going away and maybe like, you know, maybe your website is loading slowly and then, you know, might, might not have those certain scripts. So Facebook didn't get that data, but when they interact with your website, you actually can send those data that you've been collecting back to Facebook, kind of to fill, fill in the picture for Facebook. So that's basically what conversion API is used for. And there are a lot of different implementation of it. So like, because the technical side, right? How, how do you send data back to conversion API? Do I have to hire a programmer? Do I have to do this and do that? So I would say not back in the days, but I would say six months ago, we're still in the world of, you know, companies have to pay, have to pay 10,000, about like more or less $10,000 to hire an agency to implement conversion API for them. And now there are actually uh, other solutions and even Facebook has its own. So I'm going to cover maybe two 
One, one of them, which is uh, server-side tagging. And then the other one is going to be what Facebook has, which they call conversion API gateway. So with server-side tagging is actually a Google technology. And a lot of people have been using the technology that's powering server-side tagging, which is called Google Tag Manager. So if you are uh, not familiar with Google Tag Manager, it's like a solution for you to deploy different scripts on uh, your website without needing a programmer. So that's like a very non-techy way to do it, to, to explain it. And so, so basically Google create, created this new concept called server-side tagging, which allows you to collect first-party data. So you're still collecting, so you, you're using Google's technology to collect uh, data from your website. And the powerful part of server-side tagging is that you can reroute these data to other platforms like, or other APIs like conversion API, or your own database. So you kind of kill two, two birds with one stone. So imagine in the, in the old days, if you're running ads on, on Facebook, Google, Taboola, then you have to install three pieces of scripts. Three. Like imagine how much load time that's going to add to your website. But now the potential uh, upside is that you only need to install server-side tagging, a tracking script on your website. And then once uh, server-side tagging receives it, then you can reroute it to Facebook, Google, and other app platforms, uh, and even your own database so that you can save a copy of those data and do your own analysis. So that's basically server-side tagging. It still involves some technical implementation. You know, Facebook actually have a pretty detailed documentation on it. You know, I have done it. It's, I have the technical brain. I understand it. But I'm sure it's still like, it's still pretty disconnected for someone that runs a business. They don't have a tech team in-house and they want to implement conversion API. Right. So that's where conversion API gateway comes in, where is basically Facebook implementing its own solution to server-side tagging. So it's like, you know, conversion API gateway is going to be hosted on Amazon web services. If you don't know what that is, it's basically just cloud computing. You install. Uh, some software on the cloud, and then you're basically using that uh, to send data from your website to, to your own server, and then it will reroute it to Facebook. So in short, a non, non-technical way to explain it is Facebook is implement, uh, is giving you this tool that probably involves five to 10 steps to set up, and then you can have conversion API up and running, maybe in one, less than one to two hours. Really, really simple. So that's where Facebook is trying to breach the gap where, okay, you know, they want everyone to use conversion API, feed more quality data back to Facebook, but there's a technical challenge, right? So now they roll out this tool, conversion API gateway, then, you know, that kind of take away the technical part from business owners and they can use it to, to feed data to a conversion API. So that's pretty much how you know, conversion API works, how people have been using it and what companies are like Facebook have been rolling out different things to help people with it. So if you set up server-side tagging and just for clarification for people who might not know what an API is, I, I always think of the API as like a pipe, <laughs> right? Is that kind of like, how would you explain like conversions API? Like what is an API? Well, the... The easiest way to explain it is like an email. So you are sending, so when back, back in the days, we're still sending letters to each other, right? Now we, we use email. So we just type in an email with everything we want to say and send it to the person that you want to talk to. So basically it's a similar, 
way for us to send first-party data to to Facebook conversion API. So the technical part, they call it an API because it's just a mechanism for you to communicate that data back to them. API stands for Application Programming Interface. But if you know we don't know what that is, just you know we can just keep it simple. It's a technical way for you to send data to, let's say, Facebook, and that will go into the technical side, like you know how API works, you know how did they build it. But for us, for business owners or agency owners, uh, all we need to know is there is actually a way to feed more data, to feed, feed first-party data to Facebook so that they can use it to optimize your ads better. So it's like, the, you know, it's not a question on uh, whether we should do it. It's like how we should leverage this to improve performance. Got it. So EMQ, explain to us what that is and what AEM and like, there's a lot of acronyms here that have been thrown around and a lot of people just keeping track at home. Like maybe it's hard enough to understand what API is and ATT prompt is, but like these other acronyms are pretty important as well. Explain to us that and how these integrations actually assist in greater visibility and even potentially optimization. Yeah, so when we are using conversion API, EMQ stands for events match quality. So that basically gives you a rating on how how good your data is, how well Facebook is matching the data you send to uh, to Facebook through conversion API versus the data it has, right? So of course, there's a lot of different pieces of information we are sending through conversion API, email being part of one, IP being part of one. So it basically uses all these information trying to match, you know, the person that it's on Facebook. So we get once we get basically the score to tell us, hey, you know, we're implementing conversion API correctly, or if there's room to grow, Facebook is actually gonna tell us, hey, you can actually do certain things better. So EMQ is kind of a way for us to evaluate if our conversion API or if Facebook is actually able to use our data that we're sending to conversion API or not. So that's EMQ. We use that to evaluate data quality for AEM is basically when ATT prompt was rolled out. We, Facebook rolled out its own protocol called aggregated event managed measurement. So that's a, so that basically allows you to send for each domain, send eight conversion events to back to Facebook. So what it means is that you have to prioritize your, your events and, and they only allow you to prioritize prioritize eight. So in the past, when we optimize our Facebook ads, we used to use, you know, both standard event, maybe custom events when we, when we report conversions back to Facebook, right? But now we actually have to pick the most important eight that we want Facebook to, 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 to report on. So most oftentimes advertisers put purchase at the top because that's the most valuable event. So what happened is if someone go to your website and then they become a lead. So a lead event will be fired, right? And then later on, they add a product to a cart. So add to cart event will be fired. And then later on, they purchase a product, which where, you know, that's when we uh, fired a purchase event. So if someone is, has opted out of ATT, so meaning they don't, they do not want to be tracked, Facebook can still report that top prioritized events back to your, your ads manager. So you will see that one purchase event, but according to AEM, you might not see, or you will not see the add to cart or the lead event. So that kind of created some discrepancy on what we see in our backend, which is in our CRM. Like we see 
maybe 100 leads today in the CRM, but on Facebook, it might be less. So Facebook can, you know, probably projecting that number, you know, not to, you know, not to say that that's for sure what they're doing, but it's, you know, it's logical to, to think that they are basically filling in the gap, trying to fill in the gap for you. So if they know someone has opted in, they probably going to model the data a little bit differently and show you a, an adjusted number. But the most important here is that due to ATT, now you have to prioritize your events. You cannot just treat all events equal. And then you, maybe you used to use a custom conversion, right? Which is another way to report conversions in Facebook. Now you have to think twice because all of that goes into the eight prioritized events. So you cannot just randomly pick like eight. You probably just need to like uh, purchase at the top and then we'll be at the cart second. And moreover, if you are optimizing for value, then it's gonna take away another uh, uh, couple events. So that basically didn't, you know, don't leave you a lot of events to, to, to put on the eight prioritized list. So that's basically in short what aggregated event measurement stands for. And it basically has, you know, imposed some limitation on how you structure your campaign and how you optimize your campaign. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Perpetual Traffic. If you'd like to get some of the resources and notes that we talked about today, head over to perpetualtraffic.com. If you got some value out of the show, please leave us a rating and let us know what you learned. And if you'd like to listen to part two, make sure you hit that follow button and check back later this week when the episode releases. We hope you're having a great day. We'll see you on the next one. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.